Mark 16, 17, and these signs. What signs? These signs that I'm about ready to tell you. These signs, not just anything. These specific signs. It says, and these signs will follow those who somewhat believe. No, it doesn't say that, does it? These signs will follow those who are trying to believe. No, it says those who believe. See, belief is a powerful word because what the enemy tries to do is stop you at your belief. If he can stop you at your belief, he stopped you. If he can get unbelief in you, questioning, oh, what is this? What is that? It's kind of strange. It's kind of weird. Well, then you don't know your Bible. These are the signs that follow those who believe. We have to be complete, full, believing believers in what the word of God has promised us. There's too many weak Christians because they don't know what's rightfully theirs. You have an inheritance. Say, I have an inheritance. And it is written in the word of God. The promises of God are yes and amen to me, to you. Let's continue in this scripture. And these are the signs that will follow those who believe. So we know that we are believing believers, right? Jesus is our Lord and Savior. His word is already written. He says, it is written, and it shall be. Let's read what are the signs. It says, in my name. So it's not in your name, is it? It's not in the name of Buddha, is it? It's, it's not in any other name other than the name. The name that we worship and we serve. The name that we have bowed our knee to. That we t our, our tongue confesses Amen. that Jesus is Lord. In my name, they will cast out demons. Okay, what did I just read? Is that your law? Yes. Is that what you're to do? Are you a believer? Does, has God given you power? Is it God's power? So are you walking in the power of God? Because not everyone is. They'll claim his name, but they'll forfeit his power. There's, that's the majority of the church. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. They'll, they'll name his name, but they'll forfeit his power because they'd rather fit in. Well, that's not us. They're, they'd rather fit in. But it says, in my name, they will cast out demons. You know, we have, demons are cast out at every service, and you all know that. We just don't make it a big ordeal. We just, we, we don't necessarily highlight it. But it happens at every service for those who have eyes to see. It happens at every service. Why? Because I don't want to give any attention, any undue, any unnecessary attention to a demon that wants the credit even in the casting out. Because we will give all glory and honor to Jesus who has given us power to cast out those demons. And they understand authority. And when you know your authority, it's all it takes. They have to leave. So it says in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. That's the, your language, your heavenly language. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. It's talking really about spiritual powers, standing against spiritual powers and not, and not coming under them. And then the very last thing here, there's five things listed here. The very last one, it says, and they will lay their hands upon the sick and they will recover. You will recover. Say, I recover. When I lay my hands upon the sick, they recover. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We will not lose sight of the promises of God. We are on this journey called faith, and we will see the victories fulfilled. Deuteronomy 
26 and in verse 8 and 9. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terror and with signs and wonders. Verse 9, he has brought us to this place and he has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah, Hallelujah is right. Let's go back. Let's go back to verse, verse uh, let's, let's, look, let's look at verse 7. And then we cried out to the Lord. See, here's the key. We cried out to the Lord. Don't ever, ever think that God does not hear your cries, your desperation, your prayers. Of course he does. They said, we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice. He hears you. When you pray, you have to have confidence and know God hears you. He hears your voice. We cried out to the Lord, to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction. He sees this, the pain. He sees the injustice. He sees what has happened that should have never happened. But we have this, this thing called the enemy that tries to come against us. But God. Say, but God, I'm victorious nevertheless. Because we don't look to the mountain and say the mountain is too big. We don't look at the obstacle and say it's, it's too big, it's been there too long. We look to our God and say that mountain is gone. That mountain is being leveled. That mountain is destroyed because I know something. I know that the word of God does not return unto me void. I know that if I have a promise, and I do, and so do you, if we have the word of God, and we know that we do, then every mountain must be leveled. It must be completely removed by the finger of God. And who do we carry but the spirit of God? So what does that leave you with? The power of God to do exactly what he has spoken in his word. Amen. And the more that you really get the revelation of what I'm talking about here and you start walking in it, the more you see the signs and the wonders that we're talking about and that we're reading about. And it's not just something, yeah, you've heard, but you haven't experienced. It becomes something that you walk in. Forget about experiencing. It's something you live in. How many, how many believing believers do I have in this room today? Yeah, shout it out. Amen. Say amen. Glory to God. So verse 7, we're still on verse 7. It says, then we cried out to the Lord our God. Thank you, Jesus. And he heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. There are times, there are times that even the most boldest of all boldness of Christians, become, they become oppressed. Am I the only one that knows what I'm talking about right now? Is there any time that you, fiery men and women of God, boldness with the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost, tongue talking, come on, you've seen miracles, and as a matter of fact, God's used you in miracles many times, but do you, do you think that oppression never, never hits you? It doesn't, does it never come around you? Because if that's true, I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to say, what, what do you do? What is it? Now, we know. That the enemy is, what does he do? He roams around, right? Seeking whom he can devour. So there's an, there are assignments that he has. He sees those that are on the front line. I've told you time and time again, you guys are front line Christians. Bold. You take the word and you say, I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you believe. I don't care if you don't like me. I'm going to still walk in what I know is true. I will be faithful to Jesus. I'll be faithful to his word. Well, guess what? That marks you. The enemy goes, hmm, really? 
That's the one I'm going after. But that should not instill fear. That should let the Holy Ghost rise up on the inside of you. And you should say, really? Because I'm covered. I'm covered. I'm covered in the anointing. As a matter of fact, devil, did you not know that it was the anointing that broke that yoke off? Did you not know that it is the power of God? But does oppression sometimes come near your dwelling place? Of course it does. Of course it does. But it is in those times that you cry out to God. It is in those times that you say, you know what, Lord? I will live my life crying out to the God who hears me. I will live my life just literally on my face before the one who has created me, who has formed me, who has called me, who has given me purpose, and I will not stop. So oppression comes to all of us. The enemies make sure of it. We just don't have to yield to it. We just don't have to walk under it because whom the son sets free is free amen amen now let's that was verse seven let's go to verse eight so the lord brought us out of egypt you have to understand egypt was a place of captivity so you go well could she make it plain i'll make it plain you may have never been to egypt i've never been to egypt but we all have in egypt you all have a place of former bondage. You all have a place of former shame. You all have a place where the enemy used to grip you, keep you in guilt, keep you bound. You all have an Egypt. You all have a place where fear would just never leave. Fear, constant fear. And it may be whatever it was for you, because it's going to be different for everybody. But you all have and had in Egypt that God brought you out of. So we have to recognize what is your Egypt. What is your Egypt? What was your Egypt? Because God brought you out. He has brought you out. And for some, you might say, I'm still in it. Well, God is bringing you out. And I'm giving you tools to know how to come out of Egypt, right? So verse 8, the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. Now, i got to stop right there because, see, when God does something, he does it really good, church. He doesn't just kind of barely where you go, was that God? I don't know. Was that God? Was that the blessing of God? No. When God does something, he's like, this is me. This is me. I want to show you my hand at work for you. There's no question. And here's the, here's the test. For some of you that come regularly, right? Is your life today the exact same as it was a year or two ago? Have you grown in your faith? Do you walk in authority like nobody's business? Do people run to you for prayer? They may not always like you, but do they run to you for prayer? Just speaking truth. So the, the point here, though, is, is that when God does a mighty work, it's his mighty hand. And he makes it very clear that it was him. We don't take the credit. We don't take the credit with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. With an ar outstretched arm. You know, when they crossed, when they, when they were crossing over, right, in the Red Sea, and Moses reached out and stretched out his hand and stretched out in the, the staff, and the river, what did it do? Parted. Incredible, miraculous story, right? Incredible, miraculous testimony. That's not something we can do in the natural. That is God saying, this is me. You may have not seen the waters literally part, but you've seen that demon flee. 
You may have not recognized it was a demon, but you saw the change. And for many of you, you've already testified. You yourselves were the change. God wants to use you in a great way. He's, you come, you get filled, you get empowered. You see the miraculous move of God. And we love his move. We love him and we love his presence. But it's for us to continually get strong because there's a world out there that wants to stop you, shut you up, discourage, discredit, right? That's what it wants to do. Not on our watch, not happening. But that's why we also gather together. It's like iron sharpening iron. So with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. I'm breaking this scripture up on purpose because I feel like I need to. With great terror. What do you mean with great terror? That's right. Because the enemy sees you and go, oh, I can handle that one. Oh, I can watch this. Let me mess with their son. Let me mess with their daughter. Let me mess with their finances. Let me mess with their, with their health. Right? But if the church doesn't fall for the tactics. But if the church, you are all the church, individually and collectively. I've taught you that before. If the church would stand up and say, I don't think so, devil. You see, I serve the God that says all things are possible for those who believe. I serve a God that says I know the end from the beginning. I serve the God that says your latter days will be greater than your former days. I serve a God that is not a man that he shall lie. God is not a man that he shall lie. So when you know the word of God, what do you do? When the enemy tries to mess with that which God has given you, you don't flinch. You don't move. You just keep on keeping on. You just keep on reciting the word. You make sure that your mind, you make sure your spirit, you make sure your soul is strong in him. You make sure that no matter how long it takes, you stand, mighty saints of God. You stand. So with great terror, I just read it to you, with great terror. Whose terror? The enemy's terror. The Lord is on your side. You've got to know that God is for you and not against you. You've got to know that he is for you. Okay, so if you know that he is for you and not against you, and you see the difficulty that you are in, if there's some areas that you're believing God for, then you have to know that just as God made a public spectacle of the enemy on the cross, he's doing the same in your life. The enemy is put to nothing. He has to flee. He sees the hand of God in your life. He's not really afraid of you. He's afraid of God in you. He's afraid of the spirit of God that you carry. You carry the spirit of God. And every time you come and you get empowered and you get filled, fill me up, Holy Ghost. The devil hates it. That's why he stops some of you from even coming in the first place. That's why you get car, you know, tires and car problems and all this kind of stuff. And I get texts, I'm running late. I'm it's okay. Get here when you can get here. We're not going to let the devil stop because we know, we know he's afraid of these gatherings. He's afraid of what you're receiving. He's afraid of the valiant warriors that you're becoming. The enemy's afraid. God makes, he sees to it. Don't you remember what happened to the chariot wheels of the Egyptians when they were crossing the Red Sea? They thought, they, we can handle this. We're going to go chase after them. Really? Because my God has things you don't even know about. He has all kinds. Come on. He created everything. You think he is lacking? He lacks for nothing. 
So what happened? The chariot wheels fell off. The chariot wheels fell off. And they're, you know, they're thinking, how are we going to come against this, this, the, the Israelites? There's so many of them. And, and now the chariot wheels fall off. Exactly. Seriously. Like you see the hand of God and it doesn't make sense. How did, I don't, I don't know. It was the Lord. It was God. Because he fights your battles. He is for you and not against you. And you've got to remember that every time the enemy tells you it's too late, you've messed up, you've gone too far. No. Tell him to shut up. Tell him you're under your feet. You're under my feet, devil. The righteous man in the Bible says, you know, you may fall seven times. You're going to get back up. Get back up seven times. Get back up. Don't stay down. And you know, we need to be that for one another. We need to be that for one another. Help them get back up. But instead, this is what Christians do a lot. This is what a lot of them do. They're down. They stomp on them. They're kicking them. Kicking them when they're down. Get them up. You have not been filled with the power of God so that you can just kick them when they're down. We are to literally lift them up and say, stop. And you're speaking to a spirit that wants them to stay down. Have spiritual eyes, church. Have spiritual ears, church, to really see what's happening. We don't battle against flesh and blood. The Bible says we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities, against demons. This is the real world. And so if the Lord saw to it that the chariot wheels were literally destroyed so that the Israelites could go free, how much more is he seeing it so that you go free? That no matter what obstruction, no matter what obstacle, God is on your side. He is helping you. See the end here of verse 8? With great terror. Yeah, because it caused terror. Because the enemy was so afraid. They're like, oh my gosh. You know, you can't really, you can't really win in a battle when you don't know where the assignments are coming, where the enemy is coming. They had no clue. They're looking around. They're looking around. They're looking around. They weren't thinking their own wheels were going to fall off. You can't really win a battle if you don't even see the enemy until you become born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. And then God opens up your eyes to see in the spirit realm. And now because you have an understanding, spiritual discernment, it's like you end up seeing what other people can't. You end up seeing what other people can't see. How many of you guys understand what I'm saying right now? God has opened up your spiritual sight where it's like, and I'm not talking about third eye, please. Let's not go there. I already preached that message. Shut up, I say. We shut that thing down in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the spirit of God. I'm talking about having wisdom and insight from the Lord. He's our strength. He's our strength. He's our source. Let's go on to verse 9. He has brought us to this place. Yes, he has. Give him thanks and praise. He has brought you to this place. And I don't mean, I mean, it could be just this place today where you're seated. I praise God he's brought you this to this place too. But I'm referring to in your lives. He's brought you. Where you are today is not where you were yesterday. Think about a year ago. Think about two years ago. Where were you? Like literally stop and think about it. Where were you? Where were you physically? Where were you spiritually? But God, if you are faithful to him, his word says, if you're faithful to me, I'll be faithful, right? Well, he's always faithful. But if you draw unto me, I'll draw unto you. And so he is the one that has drawn you. He's brought you to this place. He's, brought, he's increasing where you are at. In other words, your un understanding of him, your level of authority, your love for Jesus, your, just, your, your, just your sight, just having the right perspective, right? He's the one that's increasing. He has brought us to this place. Are we all reading the same verse, verse 9? That's what it says. 
He has brought us to this place, and he has given us this land. So let's talk about that for a moment. He's given you this land. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it's a land flowing with milk and honey. For those that understand Old Testament, they understand, you know, you understand, you know, it was always about getting to the promised land and the milk and honey that, that God had promised for them to, to have. But you all have a promised land. You all have a promised land, promises from God, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And I believe that we are partially there. I don't believe that we're fully there yet. I don't believe any one of us has fully, you know, arrived there. I, I believe there's always more. There's always more. God wants to bring you into the more of God. And he will also only give you what you're ready to handle, right? He will give you what your faith is ready to receive because there will be other giants that you have to fight, right? And so he's not going to give you something that is going to literally just sink you. So that's why with every trial, praise him. With every difficulty, praise him. You know, with everything you don't understand that happens that's painful, we all suffer pain. Praise him through it all. Give him the glory. Give him the honor. Your spiritual muscles are being strengthened. You are rising. And the Bible says that you go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And we like to add from victory to victory because it's biblical, right? It's biblical. We're going from victory to victory, from breakthrough to breakthrough. We can keep on keeping on. We're going from breakthrough to breakthrough. Hallelujah promises of God. We are standing on the promises of God and we are on this journey, but we will see the victories fulfilled in our lives and for one another. So the vision that the Lord has given you, I spoke about vision on Saturday night for those that were here, talked about Habakkuk and writing out the vision and running with it. We're about ready to start a new year. How important is it to have vision? God gives us vision, right? Well, vision and promises, the promises of God. Yes and amen. He is giving you vision spiritually, physically, practically, in every way. Do you know what? As a believer, you don't lack for anything. We really don't lack for anything at all. Now, how many say, I believe that fully? I'm so grateful. There's just a few that haven't raised your hand because that's honesty. So God takes us from where we are at and he just continues to build our faith, right? But it's true. God is going to continue to give, you, give unto you that which is, is rightfully yours. But he says, I want your faith to grow. I want you to rise up. I want you to read his word. I want you to read my word. I want you to understand that I give, I the Lord give vision. And I also fulfill that vision that I've given you. And so we are getting close. We've got uh, December so we just have a few weeks left of this year. It's crazy how fast it's gone. It's just incredible. It's like so fast. But what have we seen God do this year? I mean, so many amazing miracles, so many testimonies. We have seen God move in such a mighty way, you know. And do you think that he's done? No. He's, there's so much more that he has for us. So I really do. I know not all of you were here on Saturday. I encourage you to go and listen to the message from Saturday night. But for those that weren't here, I do. I encourage you, sit with the Lord and have him show you that which he has for you in this next coming year. Because just like we just read, they were focused. They were focused in getting out of Egypt. God directed it to be, and they were following through. And they left their Egypt. You guys are leaving your Egypt behind. When you go into this next year, 
No more bringing Egypt with you. You know, for some, you've left some of Egypt, but for some, you're still hanging on. Of what? What is she talking about? Well, for some of you, you still have guilt and shame. Come on, church. That comes from the devil himself. He wants you to walk with a limp. He wants you to walk with the limp that he gave you. It's one thing when you walk with a limp. It's God's doing, but it's another thing when you walk with the limp that the enemy gave you. So shame and fear and trepidation and doubt and unbelief. What is that? It's the enemy, all right. Yeah, and it's the bondage, and it's Egypt. We're not walking into this new year with Egypt. We're cutting it. We're cutting free. Some of you need to cut free from worry. How do you do that? You confess it as sin. Father, forgive me. I'm worrying. Your Bible says fear not. Fear, worry, it's the same thing. I choose this day. I choose this day to sever my emotions, my mind from fear, from worry, or whatever it might be for you. And I take authority over that demon that tried to put me down and bind me and put me in an Egypt that I didn't want. I cancel it right now. You have to take authority, church. Don't be afraid to take authority. It's not about yelling and screaming, but it is about authority. It, it, is, it is about confidence. It is about boldness. It is about you knowing who you are in Christ. That's what authority, authority means, you knowing who you are in Christ. Because just as he took them out of this place called Egypt, and the enemy was afraid. I read to you three verses today. I mean, we read, I spoke many scriptures, but I'm saying we read three verses together. If you would just heed what has been spoken today, you would be set free. Completely set free. Because the word of God frees us. You shall know the word. And the word will make you free. The reason some of you are not free is because you don't know the word. So why don't you make this year be the year that you really get into the Bible? Freedom comes from knowing Jesus, truly knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus comes from truly knowing his word. You can't know him if you don't know his word. So I do challenge you all to be Bereans. It means studying the word. Get into the word. The more that you read it, the more hungry you become for it. The more that you read it, the more alive you become. Your eyes start to open. Your faith increases. You get a peace that you never had before. The peace that passes understanding even in the midst of difficulties. You become bold. Amen, woman of God? Bold and fiery. And devils submit to you because they have to. Because they see Jesus in you. They see no compromise in you. They see that you're sold out. They see that they lost a long time ago. And as I've told you many times, till my last day, I will be praising him. I will be worshiping him no matter what. And I told you the Lord, I, gave, I said that to the Lord years ago, many years ago, before I ever even had a church. We're tested, or are we ever tested? We're tested, but we're also given God's strength. And what I love is I've looked around and I've said that numerous times now, that phrase that I said to the Lord years ago before I ever had a church. Now I look at you all and I see that God has brought so many people that have the same tenacity. No matter what, Lord, we're going to serve you. 
no matter how hard hard is, no matter how painful, no matter how difficult, no matter how long we have to wait to see those promises of God that are yes and amen, no matter how long. 